Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is the fourth and final hour, Dennis and Callahan. In the last commercial break, a rather lengthy one I might add, we put together a list of our favorite guests, people who we enjoy talking to the most. In no particular order, there would be Stephen A. Smith, Kurt Schilling, Jake Peavy, Pedro Martinez, former Patriot Matt Light, Tom Verducci from Sports Illustrated, Oil Can Boyd is a laugh riot, and included in that list, and I'm not saying he's number one, Jeff Van Gundy is certainly in the conversation. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Wow, what an illustrious list that is. <laughs> hey, before we get to basketball talk, I need you to clarify something for me. You started at Yale University, you went to Menlo College, and then graduated from Nazareth College. You kept getting thrown out? Was that the problem? I was perpetually seeking playing time uh, to my mom's chagrin, and I never found it. Oh. You know? so, yeah, yeah. Well, you were a two-time All-Greater Rochester selection as a point guard. Were you a pass-first and shoot-second point guard or a shoot-first and pass-second point guard? If you would have ever seen me shoot, you would have known I was pass-first because <laughs> that ball just didn't go in the bucket very easily. It did from the free-throw line. Yeah, no, I could, I could make free-throws. The only problem was... I wasn't uh, good enough to get fouled as often as I, I should have. So I had a lot of uh, like problems in my game, and that's why I went into coaching. Hey, even at this advanced stage, can you still stroke it from the free throw line? Better than DeAndre Jordan. Well, uh, how about as well yeah. as Dick Vitale? Can you shoot from the free throw line as well as? Oh, Dick I could. Can? I could be. I, I could be Coach Vitale. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure I could. Hey, I'd be interested in your thoughts. On tanking, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but we here in Boston, uh, in a perverse kind of way, are rooting for the Celtics to lose as many of their final 23 games as they possibly can to get more chances at the ping-pong balls. As a head coach, as a former coach, and now as a broadcaster, your thoughts on tanking? Well, I think the the system was set up, uh, the NBA lottery system was set up for all the right reasons, uh, in that they were trying to help the, the lesser teams get better or get a, a better chance to get better. But I never thought the the people who designed that system would have uh, ever suspected so many teams would purposely try to put together bad rosters mm. so that they would lose. And so what I think you have to do is um, eliminate any incentive to lose. So if you didn't have the NBA lottery system, the – the teams would still be going through a rebuilding phase, but they would be trying to give their fans the best product available instead of so many teams today uh, try to give their fans a substandard team in the hopes that it then leads to a better team down the road. Um, Mike Zarin, who uh, works for the Celtics, has come up with a thing that every 30 years you would get the top pick regardless of your record mm. and it's a little bit more complicated than that but he he has designed a system and if it's not that system it could be some other system where teams still get the chance to get high draft choices but also 
uh, it would remove the incentive to lose. And I think that's critical for Adam Silver to do because, quite frankly, some of the teams that are out on the floor this year are not worthy of the ticket prices that you know you're asking people to uh, pay to see what's supposed to be the best basketball in the world. And at times, it's just an you know it's just utterly unwatchable. But Jeff, at the other end of the spectrum, would there not be much weeping and gnashing of teeth if the Heat or the Pacers, as an example, got the number one pick in the draft this year? I, I don't understand why. I, I, listen, my suggestion was give the, the best record the best pick because <laughs> you should be incentivizing these owners to try to win. That's when great competition happens, when everybody is trying to win. The college model is such that uh, Boston College doesn't get better in basketball by trying to lose. Mm -hmm. They don't get the top recruit, although I think a draft system would be great for college basketball too. But I I, I really think it's like this idea that losing is a plan, I, I don't understand how the NBA still sees that as a viable option. There's no problem with the strong getting better. All right, Jeff, you're, you're Brad Stevens, say, and Rondo comes up to you uh, before you're about to take off and says, uh, Coach, I want to stay behind. I know I'm the captain. I understand all that, but it's my birthday. I'd like to stay behind even though I know I'm not playing. Do you say to him, get on the plane? Do you try to have a conversation with him, or do you let him stay home? Did he go to Brad uh, with that conversation? He went to management. He went to we management. Don't, we don't know specifically well, who that well, was. Well, Stevens said he talked to him about it. Yeah, yeah, he said they talked beforehand. Okay. Listen, I – I think if Rondo had a do-over, he would have gotten on the plane because your best player has to set the example. Now, I know he wasn't playing in the game because he's not playing in back-to-back situations. I can understand uh, wanting to have uh, a birthday celebration in L.A. versus in Sacramento, but when you're the best player, you are charged with setting example. Um, that everyone should follow. And one of those things is sacrificing what you want to do for what you should do. And I don't think there's one argument that could be made that a guy who's traveling with the team should miss a game uh, to blow out birthday candles. I, 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 there's, listen, there, there's no rationale that, a guy could come up with other than it's what's best for him. But when you are the best player and a champion and everything, you know, like he stands for so many of the right things. I I am convinced he may not say it publicly, but that he wishes he had that to do over again because he did what was right for maybe him, but not what was right for the team. How many uh, point guards, Jeff, in the NBA, how many point guards would you take ahead of Rajon Rondo? Well, I think a little bit of that depends on who you, who you've got around him. Uh, there's no better point guard if you surround him with, you know, offensive weapons. Um, he he's proven he can impact the game defensively on the boards, pushing the ball, and he has a great feel for how to keep multiple really good players actively involved offensively. Um, he has to take a backseat to no one 
when he's surrounded with offensive talent. All right, now, they, they, if they're rebuilding, be, if Ainge is rebuilding now, would he be? Would it be silly to give a max contract and keep him for the long haul? If you're at this point, they're at the they're hitting rock bottom, Jeff. They're rebuilding from the bottom. Yeah, I don't think it would be. No, I don't think it would be silly at all. Um, I think these max contracts maybe are are, are not negotiated um, as hard. Like, I don't know if if you should give how many guys deserve a max contract. Um, you know, I think those guys should be very few. Uh, they should be the best the the guy who could be the best player on the best team. Um, so let's get away from the max contract. But can Rondo be a centerpiece of a championship team going forward? Absolutely. And I think the only question that any management person should ask himself is, are we better with him or better going in a different direction? And I think those are the decisions that, you know, only the guys who are around people every day know. So it's a, it, those are tough calls for Danny Ainge, but – He's made some very, very good uh, decisions in the past, and I'm sure he'll make some some really good ones going forward as well. Would you be concerned about his maturity or his attitude? You know, you hear these stories, you read these stories, you see him play a lot, you've seen him a lot in big spots too. Would his attitude be a concern for you to give him $70, 80000000 I think this. I think a, a guy's greatest strength is often his greatest weakness. So what I love about Rondo is his surly – uh, competitive, nasty streak. I love that about him. Now, does that go the other way at times where uh, he may go over the line? Maybe. But it's hard to find guys in today's NBA. Everybody knows what to say now. Everybody is so polished media-wise. They know what to say. All I care about is winning. Uh, I would sacrifice money for you know, winning, and it, none of it, very few of it is, is, is true. They're, they're, guys just know how to lie right to the media's face. But Rondo, I believe, has a different type of attitude that I think was probably influenced positively by Garnett, that, that us-against-the-world mentality, I care about my teammates, my coaches, uh, I'm not going to be bullied by them either. I'll go at them as well. But I love that attitude. You don't see it very often. To me, Rondo, um, and every player has times where you would like them to handle situation X a little bit differently. But for the most part, I think his attitude is absolutely uh, the type that you need to win and I think it fits perfectly in to the Boston fan mentality. Jeff Van Gundig, I know I'm asking you to do this from a distance, but what is your assessment of Brad Stevens' assimilation into the NBA from the college ranks? Listen, I think what he undertook was very difficult in that he had never been an assistant in the NBA. He uh, was taking over a very proud franchise with – the best history uh, in the NBA, and he was taking over for a very uh, good and popular coach. You, you take all that, mm. boy, that's a tough job. He has handled it all so perfectly. I mean, he's made the transition seem seamless when it's anything but. Um, 
my my thing, like I was I was saying to my a couple coaching friends of mine, is that Brad Stevens' worst attitude on Butler in his whole career would be the best attitude <laughs> in the NBA. Okay, so I thought just from that standpoint, that would be a challenge in and of itself. Just learning to deal with the selfishness of the NBA mm. and, you know, the business side of the NBA, Unbe- he's handled it flawlessly. You, you you have heard very little other than a couple Gerald uh, Wallace's oh, Wallace, comments, yeah. right? Um, there's been no dissension or, or, or whatever dissension there has been has been kept quiet. Um, I think his team plays in an organized, disciplined fashion. They share the ball. Uh, they come prepared. You can tell they're obviously well-prepared defensively by game plans. I mean, this guy, we knew he was a great coach, and he is a great coach right now in the NBA, and he's handled an incredibly challenging situation as perfectly as somebody could. I, I could not be more impressed with the job Brad Stevens has done, and his temperament and demeanor have been exemplary. You know, when uh, Raymond Felton got busted for the the gun charges, Jeff, we are people like us in in New York and up here said, didn't he pay attention? You know, when Plaxico Burris got busted and did two years for shooting himself, is that a silly question? When you, as a coach, do you think your players paid attention to stuff like that, learned lessons? Uh, from things like that, or was it all just fall, did it all just fall on deaf ears? Well, the gun culture is such a different culture for me. I mean, you know, I, uh, you would think, like to me, what I don't understand, I don't understand wanting to carry a gun, okay? But even if you did, what I don't understand is why wouldn't you register it? I mean, why would you put yourself you know, one step away from prison. I don't understand that part. And, uh, you know, it's these guys are still very young. I mean, I, I try to reflect back. Did I really pay as much attention to, you know, when I was younger to the people who could have prevented me from making mistakes? And most likely not. And so um, it's unfortunate uh, what Felton is going through. Uh, I think uh, even uh, an issue that's as big is uh, how a lot of these professional athletes uh, blow their money. I I think it's an ongoing thing that I wish the leagues, uh, I don't know how they would go about helping these guys more, but I wish they could because it's truly a tragedy when uh, they, they play these amount of years making that amount of money and so many of them find themselves broke, you know, 10 years after they're done playing in their whatever sport they played professionally. So we should assume that you and Stan weren't packing back in Brockport, New York? We settled everything between Stan and I with our fists, and believe me, I put a pounding on him when I had to. But no, you know what, it's no. I, I just don't understand that whole, like, maybe they do feel that threatened, uh, I, I don't know, which I think is, man, that's sad in itself. Yeah. But if, if they do feel threatened, why not security? Why not hire a security guy? Why, you know, I, I, or, or register your gun? I, I just don't understand 
and I know they do these in these seminars for their players, they talk about these things. I've been in those meetings with the players when the NBA uh, representatives come in and talk about uh, the danger of guns, but if you're going to have a gun, you register that gun. Um, there's been ample warnings to try to prevent these type of episodes. Do you anticipate any bumps in the road here with, with Jason Collins? Do you think any player will say anything dumb? Any, and you, Do you think there will be any problem with all him going forward here the rest of this year? Well, again, I think everybody's going to say the right thing. Behind the scenes, will they all say the right things when they're with their boys and, and with each other? I don't know. I, I think the Nets are a little bit older, probably a little bit more mature, and with the, with the Garnett-Pierce type, ha- having had a previous relationship with Collins at, at the Celtics, I think that'll go smoothly. League-wide, there's always going to be some knuckleheads, you know, who either say things or tweet things or uh, say things behind uh, Collins back in the locker room. But you can't worry about that. Change is not uh, – never is easy, never is smooth. Uh, and you don't have to worry about whether every single person is ready for that change. You plow ahead with what is right, and everybody else has to fall in the line. Hey, Jeff, we'll let you go with this one. A month ago, Kevin Durant had a iron core lock on the MVP. LeBron has since started to respond. How's that thing going to play itself out? Well, I, I never bought into the narrative that Durant had it on, really? on lock, even though he was playing, like, unbelievable. Because if you looked at what James was doing, I mean, he was having a year for the ages. Mm. I mean, he's shooting, like, so efficiently. So... Listen, it's a two-person race. I think the media oftentimes goes with the underdog when they vote. I would suspect Durant would win it. But either Durant or James is worthy. And I'll tell you who made a good push in there, too, for that time Chris Paul was out. I thought Blake Griffin really made a nice push, not to win it, Mm -hmm. but I I would say he would be in the top five now uh, easily because of his improvement. So. I think it'll go down to the wire, but I, I think Durant will win it, but either James or Durant is worthy. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't visit the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Can I assume that you would have currently Russell, Magic, Larry, and Jordan up there because LeBron said he wants to replace one of those. If those are your four, which one does LeBron erase when it comes time? Could be one of the most foolish talking, like trying to decide that because there's so many great players. Yeah. But – to me, Russell is definitely, I mean, you can't have, if you're going to have a Mount Rushmore of basketball, you couldn't have, uh, not have Bill Russell. And I, I, I don't understand, if Will put up the numbers that Will put up during his career and he put it up today and was a two-time champion, ESPN would be falling all over themselves to do a 30-by-30 30 30 on him every night. I mean, it, the guy's numbers are off the charts. So he would have to be in that discussion deeply, and I don't understand how Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. is not on. I think you should just do the Mount Rushmore just in centers and then come back and do one for perimeter players led by Jordan because those centers are like those, – those guys were the foundation of the NBA for so long. No doubt in your mind LeBron will be up there at some point, right? Well – I don't know. I mean, 
it's hard to predict those things. And uh, the only thing I hate about comparison, guys, is it always seems to diminish the person you're comparing somebody to. So yeah. if I say James is is better than, you know, player X, then that somehow diminishes player X, which shouldn't be. You're just saying, like, listen, LeBron James at the end of the day is going to go down as one of the greatest. People will differ on where they put him, but that guy, and and I think Durant's on the same similar path. I think they're both headed to this uber stardom that very few achieve, and they're both going to be right up there. Jeff Van Gundy, this conversation is why you remain in our top ten list of favorite guests. Thanks for the time. We appreciate talking basketball with you. All right. I want to I try to uh, get my way up into the Mount Rushmore of your guests. So. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Next visit, right. we'll get that done. Yeah, take care, guys. Jeff Van Gundy with Dennis and Callahan on the AT&T hotline. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.